Well, here we are. Good evening, friends, and a very warm welcome to you for this Lucis Trust New Moon meeting for with the sun in the sign of Sagittarius. So there's a good group of, currently I see 57 of us, um, working together on this call. So let's begin um, by using the mantra of unification together. Just have a moment of absolute quiet and then we'll use the mantra. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I he seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Thank you. So the meditations during the full moon and new moon can be thought of as like two pulses in the meditative rhythm of the group life. And the full moon is often referred to as the higher interlude and standing with humanity as a group, standing in meditation with humanity, fused together with all true esoteric service from all paths, the group makes a united approach to the inner ashram of the hierarchy to the Christ and to Shambhala, to the spirit of purpose and power at the center of this planetary life and at the center of this whole dynamic of energies um, as, whichever the, uh, as a plan unfolds. And energies received by the group during this full moon approach are radiated by the group out to humanity. So the whole work is a service the new moon provides the accompanying pulse. It should be seen together with the full moon. It's thought of as the lower interlude in meditation terms when the group shines the light received in the higher interlude into the world of human affairs and the energies underlying human affairs into the world of the collective fields of thought, emotions and relationships concentrating on the ways in which the lighted energies of divinity are impacting human affairs, 
provoking crises and leading to the working out of the plan and the evolution of the human family. During the new moon, the goal in our meditation work, the work that we're going to be doing this evening, is for the group mind to be focused on the ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are being expressed in the world through the creative work and actions of the new group of world servers. And one way that we can think about this is that the group is shining a light on the energy of goodwill in humanity. The group together, we are noticing and appreciating, witnessing the diverse ways in which this energy is being applied to resolve and transform the problems of humanity. In some traditions, and some spiritual traditions, the problems in human relations are seen as part of the mundane world and considered to be best let out of, left outside of the spiritual work. But the esoteric tradition introduced by D.K. through his work with Alice Bailey, this tradition views human affairs in terms of humanity being on an initiatory path, if you like, a path ultimately destined towards right human relations and that this is the path that individuals in incarnation, that groups, all groups in societies, nations and humanity are upon, are walking on this path, which is an evolutionary path and ultimately an initiatory path. Problems that emerge are the places where the conflict between soul and personality, or in outer terms we can say the conflict between vision and form, the problems are the places where these are recognized as spaces with the greatest potential for transformation and development. And it's through these problems that we really see can chart the progress being made by humanity. Following on from the regenerative development approach that some speakers at the Wogabul seminar last month discussed, the problems can be thought of as the edge spaces. They're the places of intensity where insights and intuitions of wholeness and interdependence meet and interact with the structures and patterns of relationship centered in the illusion of separateness. And as the vision of wholeness responds to the real world problems caused by instincts of separation, it gives rise to an immense field of creativity and experimentation um, as human beings members of the new group of world servers experiment with ways forward that actually work and that quietly and slowly transform the quality of human relationships. So this is why the focus um, that the Tibetan and Alice Bailey has placed on the problems of humanity. So for this new moon, when the sun is in the sign Sagittarius, we can stand back from the troubling partisan divides sweeping through nearly every community and nation in the world, divides that are even upsetting the equilibrium of families, and we can focus our attention on the state of intelligent goodwill in the world. This is our task, to stand poised and observant. Where do we see this intelligent goodwill most evident? Each of us will see different things. How do we see goodwill reshaping humanity's relations with other kingdoms of nature? How do we understand the forces of intelligent goodwill? What are they? How do we identify them? And what changes have we noticed 
about the way in which the energy of goodwill is working and manifesting during our lifetimes. That, I think, is a really interesting thing to think. How, how did I observe goodwill 20, 30, 40 years ago? And how do I see it now? And what's the difference? As an aside, it's important to recognize that in the transition from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius, we need to be able to look squarely in the eye at both the glamours and the qualities of both signs, but particularly of the incoming sign of Aquarius, the future. So while we should be training ourselves to notice clear Aquarian vision, qualities and principles in human affairs, we should also be on the lookout for the glamours that will inevitably accompany Aquarius um, and the glamours that need to be dissipated. And we have, we have a role to play in that. The key is, for the group especially, is not to become absorbed or obsessed by the glamours, not to allow them to become a source of critical thought, but to look them in the eye from the perspective of the higher values and the opportunities that Aquarius brings, sharing, fraternity, companionship, to look at these as deep principles and to observe with a measure of love and understanding um, of the way in which glamours come through and the way in which these glamours can dissipate, be dissipated, as they're held in the higher light of Aquarius, of the true potential that Aquarius brings. Perhaps we might remind ourselves as we look out on the world that the word of the disciple in Aquarius, in other words, the disciple, the vision of future possibilities, the higher potential, that word is water of life am I poured forth for thirsty men. That's the archetype. And the word for the personality on the mutable cross, in other words, the word that encapsulates the shadow of glamours to be dissipated as we transit into the new, that word is, and the word said, let desire in form be ruler. And then a thought about how we observe glamours in the world and how we seek to observe them without exciting the critical mind. This is a quotation from the book Glamour, the World Problem, um, from page 81. It is talking about the individual in the meditation process, but it, to me it applies perfectly to the group work we do in observing humanity. Only through Raja Yoga can a person stand steady in the light, and only through illumination and the achievement of clear vision can the fogs and miasms of glamour be finally dissipated. Only as the disciple learns to hold his mind steady in the light, and as the rays of pure light stream forth from the soul, can the glamour be discovered, discerned, recognized for what it essentially is, and thus 
may to disappear as the mists of earth dissolve in the rays of the rising sun. Therefore, the Tibetan says, I would counsel you to pay more adequate attention to your meditation, cultivating ever the ability to reflect and to assume the attitude of reflection held steady throughout the day. That seems to me to be a, a wise advice for us as a group as we come together and seek to work occultly with the invocation of energy and with the evocation of a quality of goodwill at a mass level and then at its core, intelligent goodwill and right at the center the esoteric workers who work with the radiation of heart, radiation of love and light through the collective body. One lens that we can use in looking out in the world and observing the great archetypal problems that are in such flux during these crises years is to look at the calendar of observances approved by the General Assembly of the United Nations and international days and years and decades. There's a, um, there's a note in the chat box giving you a website where you can see a full list of all of the different days and years and decades. They're interesting because they provide a way of looking at the state of humanity and of where we are in the transition into the Aquarian Age in a hugely wide and diverse range of themes and subjects. Such surprising subjects sometimes come up. We're so used to thinking of problems in terms of our own nation's path towards dealing with the problems, what features in the, the constant cycle of news and even in social media and what, where all the energy is and the agitation is. Um, but the UN calendar helps us to stand to take a step back and to see how humanity as a whole is engaging with or responding to particular challenges, possibilities and problems that really affect the lives of people. And in addition to well-known observances, like many of us will be aware that earlier this week was International AIDS Day, the 1st of December, or the 10th of this month, the 10th of December, is a very important day, the International Day of Human Rights. Um, and in March, there's International Women's Day, which is very widely celebrated. But there's a huge range of other days and other focuses and themes. For example, an International Day of the Bee, where attention is drawn to the life of the bee, where for meditators we think of the role the bee plays in the whole life of the planet, um, as well as the problems of food distribution, the problems facing bees, environmental problems. And this year, for example, is being observed by four themes. And two of those themes, one is the International Year of Child Labor, where our attention is drawn to the issue of children in working in labor, particularly in enslaved and enforced situations, um, and the loss of childhood that results in that. Um, and another theme, which is interesting, is the International Year of a Creative Economy for Sustainable Development, which just encourages us to think not about how we, not to agitate the critical mind, the criticisms we have, 
but to think through what in terms of the higher principles and laws of Aquarius what is the meaning of this emergence of a creative economy of, of all of these areas of creativity um, that people are earning their livelihoods from and in what ways is this truly serving a path to a sustainable future a sustainable future of growth in terms of the quality of life the quality of relationships now today the um, December the 3rd in the UN calendar is the International Day for Persons with Disabilities and the theme for the day is leadership and participation of persons with disabilities toward an inclusive accessible and sustainable post-COVID-19 world. It's interesting. I have, from time to time, you see critiques of this idea of the post-COVID-19 world. To my way of thinking, what this meditation work with glamour and shining a light asks us to do is to put aside all of that and to then consider we are going to move into a post-COVID-19 world, one hopes. How will persons of disabilities, how will this post-COVID-19 world, after the trauma of the pandemic, what can we envisage as future possibilities for affecting the quality of lives for persons with disability. So the theme sets forth a vision and as meditators our challenge is to work with that vision recognize what we might see as the problems see them then not be absorbed by them and work with the vision and local observances and there will be cities and towns across the globe where something will be happening to around this theme, exploring how this theme is working out. There will be thousands of individuals who are challenged to write a talk, to prepare a paper um, for the observance for this scene, for this event for World Day of the International Day for Persons with Disabilities. In other words, the whole mental life of humanity, there's a day in the year now, a rhythm, where um, this issue um, is becomes as, fo as focused in the mental life of humanity. It's interesting that around 15% of the world's population live with some form of disability and recognition of the need to fully respect the rights and uniqueness of every individual human being. This is the recognition that's been growing immensely since the Second World War and the it led to, um, it has, in this field, it led to a UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And this convention, which means that governments are involved, government departments are involved, um, civil servants, civil society are involved in this issue, um, has created momentum to ensure that plans for human development must include and involve the community of people living with disabilities. And that, to me, is quite something to celebrate. This momentum where the issue of um, how do we 
deal with the minorities in our communities of people with disabilities? How do we ensure that their full rights are respected and that society as a whole grows by respecting and valuing the rights of people with disabilities? It doesn't mean that much work is needed to ensure that disabled persons' rights and freedoms are fully respected. Um, but it does mean that the vision of future possibilities is strongly present in this international day and the achievement of this vision has become a strong field of service for countless members of the new group of world servers and for people of goodwill around the world. And the interesting thing is primarily it's the people of goodwill and the members of the new group who themselves are, have, have particular disabilities who are leading this transformation. So, friends, we're going to um, work with the meditation. And then um, for those who wish to stay, um, it would be interesting to hear your feedback, to hear from those of you on this call where do you see examples of a wise and intelligent spirit of goodness impacting human affairs in a positive way? So let's now work with the meditation. strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. We identify ourselves as a group. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group, as a field of consciousness, within the heart center of the group of world servers. And mentally project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center. Extend that line of light to the Christ, 
the heart of love within the hierarchy. toward Shambhala, where the will of God is known. higher interlude, hold the mind focused on the planetary role of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. 
through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet. From Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy. with the Christ the group of world servants through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world and finally through the hearts and minds of the entire human family
the lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of a solution to world problems. Distribution. As the great invocation has sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human mind. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out 
and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So, thank you, friends. So, now's the time to hear from the group, to hear from you. Um, if you wish to raise your hand, please um, raise your hand. You can do that. Um, either under reactions, there's a, in the in the tab line below. There's reactions, or you will find an option to raise your hand under the list of participants, um, and then we'll allow you to turn your microphone on, and you can turn your video on if you wish, and um, we can hear from you. Otherwise, um, please post your thoughts in the chat box, and we will see how we go. So where do you see examples of a wise and intelligent spirit of goodness impacting human affairs in a positive way? David Trice. Hi, David. In the field of science at the Lawrence Livermore Labs, energy has been created like a star, with more energy being output than was input for the first time. This happened yesterday. Um, and David mentions a great advance for the world. It's interesting to think of um, the number of scientists, in many of them in small, um, small groups, sometimes not well-funded, but who are really pioneering um, a whole new understanding of energy, um, of new understanding of light, as many of you know, um, the focus on the looser structures putting on this new understanding of electricity. Um, the scientists who are working at understanding um, the nature of electricity. That's a, that's a great example of where you see and this edge between um, either the edge between hierarchy and the new group of world servers creativity that's coming out of that. There you go, in the Lawrence Livermore Labs. And imagine the people 
who work in those labs. I often like to think of what profession, you know, what is the, say, where do you work? Or what profession really interests you and do you try and follow what's happening in the profession? Because that's the area you will, to me, you will really see um, these lighted workers, particularly the sort of intellectuals who come within the New Group World Service, who are oriented towards sustainable, um, new sustainable living, new relationships between humanity and the earth. Um, that's where you see a thousand different experiments. Clint, hi. I see it working out in the US political field, oddly enough. Social programs are not new, but now we have the expansion of social programs for so many things, from the economic stimulus checks we received to an expanded child tax credit that gives cash to parents helping people to work and to take care of their children. It's, in my opinion, a step in the right direction towards a basic income for all and for reversing the inequality of wealth that exists. Good point, um, Clint. And it's interesting, isn't it, that now the uh, like the approach to how we can overcome the inequality of wealth that exists in this country and in every country in the world um, is becoming much more creative and things like this idea of the basic income and all sorts of experiments with that are just a sign um, of possibilities. So who who else would like to share some some thoughts? Perhaps in your field, perhaps in your community. Has anyone thought about their community, where they live? What are some of the almost obvious signs of uh, John? Thank you. Well, thanks, um, Angela. I've got help here. Um, John will unmute you. Um, Michael, can you do that, please? Hey, Steve, can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. Hey, John. Uh, Steve, first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for your uh, thought-provoking words introducing the meditation time. There truly is much to um, ponder in what you said. Um, in terms of the local community where I live in Portland, Oregon, I think that there's a good example of the intelligent spirit of goodness impacting the local community in the way that a couple of city administrators have been seeking to address the problem of homelessness. Mm -hmm. Like so many large cities like Portland, um, we have quite a, a problem with homeless people. And the idea that has been created is to come up with what we call 
pods, small houses where homeless people will be allowed to stay on a temporary basis and they will be arranged, they are to be arranged in a community setting mm -hmm. and there will be various pods throughout the city of Portland and its outskirts. And these pods will have access to the local resources available in those particular areas like grocery stores or, or whatnot, um, medical facilities. And so the idea seems to me to be lighted because it's a way of integrating the homeless population, people who are having issues with homelessness for whatever reasons, but it's a way of integrating this population into the local community. <laughs> What's been interesting to see is that there's been some pushback from different neighborhoods in the community, primarily areas of greater wealth, where they do not want these pods in their areas because they see them as possibly being detrimental or causing problems. And there may be problems that do emerge but at least it's a start in thinking holistically mm -hmm. of how to solve a problem that many large cities, as I said, um, in this country um, are, are trying to handle. So that's a one local solution that I see evolving that seems lighted with um, the spirit of intelligence, spirit of goodness. That's beautiful, John. That's a, that's. I think that's a wonderful example. It always interests me in in these creative experiments to think then of, so say with these pods, some of them probably will be terribly successful. Some of them may not be so successful, and eventually it will come down to the people. Um, so, as as people of goodwill, members of the new group. Are, are drawn by that vision of the pod and you imagine people of goodwill and members of the new group um, working in a pod and also some of the homeless people who are from the new group or people of goodwill who are homeless. And out of those relationships, that's when really things can happen, because it's like community living, things can happen and people's lives actually change. Um, and even the, to me, even the conversation, I've been to some, you know, where I live, the... Um, sometimes there are very feisty conversations in town board meetings occasionally. And yet to just observe and to see how here are just the simple, the group of people who live in this area, they're actually thinking and arguing about an issue of development. That to me is wonderful. Yes. Um, and, and people will have their different views, but often the voice of the people of goodwill, which yet whatever their view is, that's where you really see goodwill shining because you'll see some who are just approaching an issue from a critical mind and others who truly just want the best, how can we get the best solution within the political realities and everything else. That's a lovely, thanks John very much indeed for that. That's You're very welcome Steve. Um, and we have some Salt Lake, uh, Gary, hi. Salt Lake City and New Orleans have been recognized in their work with homelessness. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Their approach is a package in that education, job training, housing, food and mental health are all part of the approach. Several years ago, both cities were cited as solving the homeless problem. Of course, that's very interesting. 
the mental health, when you think from an esoteric perspective of this intensity of the energies as the Christ prepares for the reappearance and at whatever that process, but the intensity is advancing at that process. And then you think of the sort of sensitive human consciousness and the mental health issues. Gosh, that to me, that's such a, it's such a painful area. And you imagine all of the good people who are being drawn to work in that field um, and also some of the folks who themselves are suffering from mental health issues for whom that's a, a spiritual crisis um, and who triumph through that crisis and then can bring so much wisdom and support to the whole profession, the whole field that's trying to find a new way um, or new ways, multiple ways of dealing with the mental health issues and seeing the mental health issues as a reflection of a spiritual opportunity. If we look at mental health as a, as a spiritual crisis often, um, then there are physical causes, um, there are chemical causes, but there are also spiritual causes involved. Thanks for that, Gary. Minerva. I believe the new proposed federal investment, this is in the US, I'm sure, in childcare and pre-K will greatly benefit society. We need to pay more attention to our children's needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure that, there, as you say, there are these um, the political opportunities which are sort of quite historic if they do um, if they do take place. Um, and it will be interesting the way in which that's applied, the learning that takes place, and whether this becomes the new norm. Um, that's the way societies move. Often there are decades and then suddenly there's a, something happens and there's an opportunity for a big shift, and then that solidifies and things work out and that to me that's the way um, evolution occurs and the quality of society and human relations. Thanks for that Minerva. Santana, there are so many groups working for the health and well-being of humanity. Isn't that true? Teaching about ways to boost the immune system and achieve good health. Absolutely. And also subjective groups. Yeah, I think that's um, just to acknowledge that the importance of the new understandings of health, boosting the immune system and achieving good health, and within the, the medical establishment, the incredible focus now on um, healthy living, on lifestyle, on incorporating meditation, all sorts of things. Um, that to me is really exciting. And then you have all of the complementary medicine approaches. Also subjective groups, yes, working to invoke the souls of the nations and groups, and groups working to seed the new economy in alignment with a plan and the UN um, Sustainable Development Goals. Absolutely. I, I find this so inspiring, like you. I'm, I live near Santa Cruz, California, and we had given, and we had Giving Tuesday on November the 30th, which I think was, um, I think that was across the nation, certainly it was where I in New York State, with many non-profit groups across the nation, ask, 
asked for donations for their work to help humanity. Here we had Santa Cruz Gives, also the Second Harvest Food Bank and Twin Lakes Church and many others that do a lot to feed the hungry. There are also drives for toys for children for Christmas. So many good works being done by so many groups. Absolutely. And never in... I, I mean, there must be um, good histories that look at this role of goodwill activity in local communities. Um, I doubt that it's ever been so well organized, involving so many volunteers and people, and attracting so much money, often voluntarily given um, as free gift money, uh, as there is now. There, in the um, notice for this meeting, there's a reference to the history by... Um, the Dutch-German, I think he may be, Rutger Bregman, Kind, A Hopeful History. It's an incredible read about, um, it's not at all esoteric, and yet, as to my mind, as so often happens from an entirely um, non-esoteric approach, it's a pure recognition of the way in which humanity has been evolving and is evolving towards the common, in service of the common good. Wend Stewart, hi Wend. There was recently an essay contest on the theme of making the case for survival of human consciousness after death. A million dollars was awarded to a field of 29 winners. And the essays have just been posted online at Biglow Institute. The power of this idea to change our society for the better is immense. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole field of death, um, death cafes, conversations around death, people facing death, um, what happens with survival after death, what, what the investigation into survival after death. Um, it's a terrific sign of of goodness emerging. And again, just imagine all of the people, probably now thousands of people who, and young people coming into this field where they're moving into a profession that's going to be looking at the caring for the death and dying, the science of the consciousness of death, and of course leading into the discovery of the soul. Um, and it's, it's a whole professional field now that never existed 20 years ago. Violet. Hi. In my city, Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Bless Canada. Community gardens are being created with the intention to provide the homeless opportunity, the homeless opportunity to work and feed the homeless. There's a positive volunteer response. It's amazing how people um, do respond to the opportunities like that. And when... Wend again. A local potter here in Oxford, Mississippi, started a local empty bowl sale of beautiful bowls with funds to go to support the local homeless. It's grown immensely over the last decade with all the local restaurants donating soup. See, and yet we have, we can tend to be caught up in such a glamour of thinking that this materialistic age we live in has almost destroyed the human heart. I think that the reality is the opposite. We just give far too much attention to 
the negative stories so that we don't see the sort of fiery nature of good. Imagine that guy, that potter, who made that initial decision to do that. And so many people make an initial decision, invest their life savings sometimes in something because they believe it will help. Eduardo, greetings, sir, from Argentina. The question of death and understanding the great passage, is it not connected with the revelation of the etheric realms? Is it not indeed, which we may expect in the coming age? Isn't electricity, magnetism all connected with it? Is it not indeed? Absolutely. That's, to me, that if when we read of these discoveries, that's the whole nature of the esoteric work. So we read what's happening in the intellectual life of, of humanity, the explorations and the science of any area, any profession. And then we observe that with some of these ideas in mind, perhaps with the idea of the waters of life. So we begin to see through the eyes of the soul the magnificence of what some of these things that can seem like simply human experiments, the magnificence of what they represent in terms of the human brain moving into an understanding of the nature of the, of the human constitution, the nature of life, the existence of an etheric body, the existence of a soul, the nature of consciousness. Thank you, Eduardo. Thank you, everybody. Look, we're coming. It's just coming up to um, seven here in um, Eastern Standard Time in the United States. Bless you all for your participation. It's a joy to work together. Um, there's something so solid about the reality of a group mind and heart coming together rhythmically in this cycle of full moon, new moon, full moon, new moon, relating hierarchy, the plan, to the world of humanity where we live. So friends, let's just pause for a moment of just before we do We have to hear from Darcy. Greetings, Darcy, and then I think we'll, and then we will stop. Darcy says, "Veterans Affairs are helping veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder to learn natural ways to support their trauma healing with talk and art therapies, nutrition, meditation, yoga, tai chi." as alternative or complementary to psychotropics. The veterans are also involved in voluntary service in their communities at higher rates than any other group within our nation. Well, wow, that's interesting. 
goodwill is working itself out. Isn't that the case? Thank you, Darcy. So, friends, let's just have a moment of absolute silence where we affirm the reality of this group. Thank you, friends. Uh, reminder um, of the coming Sagittarius Full Moon meeting, which is very relevant for this group. Um, the New York um, Zoom meeting will be at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, December the 18th. Um, and just the day after that, um, there will be a webinar which... Um, a special Lucis Trust webinar, Awakening to the Angels. You're very welcome to that. It'll be um, here for Eastern Time. It'll be 10 a.m. I'm really sorry that because of global times, it's going to be pretty early in the morning from for the U.S. on the Pacific Coast, for all the Americas um, on the West Coast. Um, we'll be a little earlier. I'm sorry about that. And the Capricorn New Moon meeting on... Monday, January the 3rd, the start of a new year, a good way to start a new new moon meeting. So thank you, friends, um, and we will see you again, hopefully many of you, on um, at the full moon and then the day after for that special webinar. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>